0: So good to see you. <laughs> i have always overjoyed to be here. Some of you are new faces since I've been here last. It's good to see new and older faces and uh, just to watch how God continues to work and move in your church. It's uh, it, it, it's like a, a flywheel that every every time I'm here, it's like it's going faster and faster, more, more momentum, more energy, more um, excitement, more presence of God. And I'm uh, just grateful for Pastor Charlton to entrust the, the few moments that we have together to me to share as we continue in this series rooted in mission. So as we do, I have a question for you. How many of you have ever gone on like a whitewater rafting trip? A bunch of Some of you have and you live to talk about it even. <laughs> a number of years ago, Lori and I we're up in Idaho, and uh, I was at a speaking engagement. We had some extra time afterwards, and so I requested to go whitewater rafting, and so they set something up on the Paiute River, and we got out there, and there was this big old raft, three, three rows, the back row for the chickens, and uh, the middle row, and, f- and the front row for the daredevils or whatever. So the, the guide says, hey, um, in the back, it's a little more calm, a little safer perhaps, up front. There's a little bit more risk. You'll probably get wet, but who would volunteer to sit up front? And so I, I raised my hand and, and volunteered Lori uh, to, to do that. In, and and um, unfortunately I had to go with her. And so, so we were up front and, and, I, and it was everything that we thought it would be. It was, it was wonderful. It was so much better than being in the back row with all the cowards. We were up in the front row and the experience in the river and the the joy and the fear and the adrenaline as you dive into these big old waves and, and uh, it, was, it was just a blast. And then the, uh, the guide had us pull over to the side, it was kind of a calmer part of the river, and he goes, okay, this is the real fun time. It's time for someone to ride the bull. Who would like to do that? And all I could think of was never volunteer. There's an adage to that never volunteer. So, I'm contemplating whether I should or not, and some guy raises his hand, and riding the bull is you're sitting up there in the front, and you're hanging on to the little bit of rope and the hook that is on there, and you are just right there, and, and uh, this, guy, this guy is out there. He's all excited, and we, we head on down the river, and I mean, we got about 20 feet down the river, and it was like the river had an arm, and it just went up, and whoosh, just pulled him right under, off the boat. And we're looking around, and he's nowhere to be found, and finally he comes bobbing up on the other side. We get him back on the boat, and the guide goes, Anybody else want to try it? <laughs> Nobody. Quiet. And the guy who was just in the water goes, I'll try it again. And he gets on it and he holds on a little better, a little tighter, and down we go that river, and you could just hear the excitement in his voice that he was screaming and yelling and whooping and hollering and, and the adrenaline rush and the, and the moment of it, I, and I'm like, I think I'm going to pray that he falls off again, <laughs> maybe even push, and then I want to take his place. And uh, I, I got to thinking, you know, that, that's a lot like the church, that raft. I think most of you are on the boat somewhere along the line. It's a little calmer and a little safer perhaps to hang in the back. But let me just, let me just tell you, up front is where it's at. It, up front is where you experience it all. Up front is where the joy and the fear and the adrenaline, up front of the mission that God has called us to. And so I'm calling you today to get off the back and into the front and maybe some of you would even want to ride the bowl of God's mission today? Because God's mission is something when you're rooted into it, it's the it's the most unbelievable joyful way of living life, with the adrenaline and the and the presence of God's Spirit and watching Him work and the power of God's Spirit. And there's no other way to do it. A little, you might get wet, you might fall over, but oh man! And so I I want to call you there today. And I want us to look at what is one of the most well-known passages of Scripture. In uh, Matthew, the 28th chapter, we know it as the Great Commission. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me or your devices, turn it on. I think on the screen you'll find it as well as we look at what it means to really be in the mission. Because here's here's what I know about church, Christianity. We can easily... Be pretty satisfied in the back row of the boat. And we can just go through the motions. I mean, we're gonna to go to heaven and we're gonna have, but you're just going through the motions. And it it becomes this dull routine of monotonous motion of religious activity. You just the same old same old. Or you can jump into the mission don't be satisfied with just going through the motions we don't gather together every sunday to just go through the motions of religious tradition that's gone on now for year after year after year after year we gather together because we are on mission we are on we are on marching orders of jesus we are involved in a, in a In a movement that is bigger than us, that has eternal consequences, that changes the lives of people, that changes the destiny of people, that brings hope and light and help in the worst of times. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. They are This is the time Jesus has died on the cross, he's resurrected again, and he wants to just give his his disciples these last words. So into Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. little side note, when you're reading through the Bible and you come upon a mountain, pay special attention. Usually something pretty significant happens on a mountain. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Transfiguration of Jesus, it happened on the Mount of transfiguration. Here Jesus says, come on, meet me in Galilee, on this mountain. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." Today I want to talk about three things with this mission. The power of Christ, the plan of Christ, and the presence of Christ. So this message today is brought to you by the letter P. (laughs) The power of Christ. Listen to these words again when Jesus came to them and said. He didn't even say, how you doing or what's happening. or He just comes right with this. All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. All authority on heaven and earth have been given to me. All power right here. Now, if you were here last week or you are able to tune in, if you're not, go on, go on the website and listen to Pastor Charlton's message that, that he alludes to the authority of, of Jesus. It's one of those that, it's really a life changer, the authority of Jesus. But think about this, all authority on heaven and earth. What's he leaving out? In that list, what is not under his authority? Everything in heaven and on heaven and on earth. What? What's not under his authority? Everything is under his authority. Everything. And when he starts to ready his disciples, and in turn, readying us for the mission that he's about to give, he starts with this, the authority that he has, the power that he has. He's the Lord. his Lord of all. And what we as believers have is The same thing that unbelievers have, they just don't know it yet. We have recognition that Jesus is Lord now. Unbelievers don't realize that. But one day, the Bible says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We get to know it on this side when it's the good time to know. All heaven and earth under his authority. Let's bring that home right to you. Is he your Lord? Pastor Duane asked that question. Have you surrendered it? To him. I mean, we can sing about it, we can pray about it, but is he really, is he really Lord? Has he, has he taken that first place to the point where everything else is secondary? So that he's calling our decisions, he's guiding us, he's, he's helping us to, to, uh, to direct our paths. So that, like the, the Proverbs, we don't lean into our own understanding, but we, in all of our ways, acknowledge him and watch him direct us and guide us. Is he that kind of Lord? Well, who, who's the boss of our family? Who's the boss of our, of our marriage? I am no, I am no, I. he is, she is. Well, no, he is. Jesus is, the Lord. And you submit to one another as you both submit to the Lord. And the lordship of Jesus makes all the difference in the world in our marriage. Who calls the shots of your future? Jesus is the Lord. Students, where are you going to go to school? Where are you you going to go to college? He's the Lord. Everything else is is secondary to that. He he calls. What about Mountain Park? Who's going to call the shots at Mountain Park? He calls the shots at Mountain Park when he's the Lord. Is he the Lord? Here's a question that might help you uh, identify it a little bit more, because it's still kind of hard sometimes to figure it out. Let me ask you this. Are Jesus and you really interested in the same things? Ask yourself that. Are Jesus and I I really interested, really passionate about the same things? I I mean, I could could list what I'm interested in and what I'm passionate about, and Am I I so connected with Jesus that what interests him, what what burns at his heart also can be seen in my interests so that people can see what I'm interested in and be drawn to Jesus by just looking about what my heart beats after the passion of Jesus. Well, when you think about what is Jesus passionate about, what's he interested in? Well, people, the world. Eight billion strong now. And he's, he's interested because he loves them. God so loves the world that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. That if you believe in him, none should perish, but all should have eternal life. 2 Peter 3.9. Um, long ago, thousands of years ago, they're wondering, about, like, when's Jesus going to come back again? When's he going to come and do all the things, you know, the kingdom and all that? Like, when's that going to happen He's so slow about this, and it finally just says, yeah, he's slow, but not slow like you think. He's slow because he wants to basically give more people opportunity, because here's his heartbeat, that none would perish, and all would turn to him in repentance. That none would perish, and all would turn to him in repentance. What's his heartbeat? What's his passion? His love for the world is that none of us would perish. All of us would believe in him and come to him in in, in repentance, it's a, it's a heartbeat. It's none will perish, all believe. None, per, none perish, all believe. None perish, all believe. None perish, all believe. He wakes up, if he ever goes to sleep, I don't know what he does up there sitting. If he wakes up in the morning, it's that none would perish. None, all would come to him. It's his heartbeat, it's his love for us. It's, his, it's, his, it's the mission that, that he's been sent to do and that he's, that he's passionate about. What am I interested in? What's my passion? What's my heartbeat? I'll tell you what I'm interested in. Me. That's I'm, me. I don't even have to think about it. Me. I, I wake up in the morning. I don't even have to convince myself to look after myself and to think about myself. It's just a natural inclination. I don't know if you can understand this or not but I love me I love I do I just that's that's my life now every now and again I'll get this this kind of this big change of heart and and for like a whole day I'll put others first and um you know I'm I, I decide I'm gonna love the whole world well I'm gonna love my family at least and so for this whole day well for most of the day well part of the day I put I put Lori first in the children first. And they mark it down on the calendar like, hey, maybe this can happen every year. Maybe it can be an, an annual event if you'll just do that. Every now and then, I'll go to a like a seminar or a, a retreat or, you know, big rousing message. And I decide I am going to love the world. At least the ones that I like. <laughs> that is if they like me too. That is if not only I like them and they like me, but They're like me as well. Jesus' passion is for the whole world. And he calls us to have that same passion. How do you know when he's Lord of your life? Because his heart starts to become your heart. What breaks his heart will break your heart. What motivates his heart will motivate your heart. So that all of a sudden when you come to church, you're not just on the receiving end of what's going to happen, but you start to recognize his heart is not just for me, but it's for the whole world. And I don't want to just receive what he has for me. I want to receive it and reproduce what he has for me because others need him. In fact, the whole world needs him. And I want to give it to him, and I want to be what he wants me to be. And if he's really Lord, he changes me, changes my thought patterns. He changes my heart. And all of a sudden, I'm not satisfied to go through the dull routine of the monotonous motion of religious activity one more day. Not when I can be on mission for the heartbeat of Jesus himself to this world. He's Lord. He's Lord of me. He's Lord of you. He's Lord of heaven and earth. He's Lord of all the nations. He's Lord of the whole world. There's no one that he's not Lord of. Back in the Old Testament, Daniel the prophet has this unbelievable prophecy, this, this vision that he has in the seventh chapter in verse 13. And you catch a glimpse of, of how this was all set up. In verse 13 of Daniel 7, it says, In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. So he has this vision, son of man, a human coming from heaven, this this human human appearing person with divine qualities. Who do we know that that might just describe? All God, all man, Jesus. And he approached the Ancient of Days. He approached God the Father and was led into his presence. And he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Never pass away. Never be destroyed. His kingdom, his mission, never, never, never be destroyed. A spy weather balloon can't destroy it. All our affluence and apathy can't destroy it. All the pagan idols and religions. In fact, the same vision is given to John the Revelator. Now, not thousands of years before Jesus, but thousands of years after Jesus, when it all comes to a head and the world is ending and Jesus is coming back in chapter 7 of Revelation Verse nine, it says, after this, John the Revelator says, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, and they fell down on their faces before the throne, and they worship God. He is Lord over all the nations. One day it'll be so evident. And Jesus says, Let me take you to that point where we're going to start our mission together. Let me just start at that point right there. Why? Why do I ask you? To go on this great commission, why do I why do I lay this mission before you? Because all authority on heaven and earth is mine. I have the authority to do this, and I ask you to join in with me. Will you get in on it? And as you read this, you recognize the kingdom will never be destroyed. That that this mission succeeds. That this mission. Um, it's guaranteed. It's unstoppable. There's nothing that can get in its way. And the, the question is not, will the mission succeed? The question is this, will we answer the, the call to be in the mission? Will you answer that? Will you lock into that? Will you let your life be, be completely and totally given over to the mission? Because he doesn't need us. He welcomes us into it. It's our pleasure, it's our joy to join in this mission that has victory in it and that will never be destroyed. And so it's, the question is, Mountain Park, will you be a church locked into the mission of Jesus? You can be a, you can be a, any kind of church you want to be. You, there's a lot of religious activity that you can be in, You can be busy, 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 and never rooted in the mission of Jesus. But Jesus says, all authority to me, come on. Come on, I need my people. I need this church, let's go. And the power of Christ starts to reign through us. And with that, we hear these, these big words in the, in the scripture. All authority in heaven and earth given to me, therefore, therefore, since that's a true statement, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach everyone to obey everything I've commanded. And the plan of Christ comes to to our attention. The plan of Christ. Now, there's one imperative in the the original languages. There's There's one command in that whole thing, in that and and we sometimes miss it in fact if we were probably to do a little poll and say what's the one imperative what's the one command i guess most of you would say it's go go and make disciples in the original languages though the imperative the command is make disciples make disciples make disciples by going make disciples by baptizing make disciples by teaching Go, the imperative. It's, it's the one mission. When my wife gives me an imperative, I do it. I've learned that. After 45 years, do that. There's, there's good things to come and bad things to come if not. Do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is not a suggestion. This is not even an invitation this is not even a calling. Don't get, don't confuse it. Because we can often say this mission is a calling. It's a calling for people like Don. It's a calling for people like Pastor Charlton. It's a calling for Allie. It's a call. It's a calling for pastors. It's a call, It's a. It's not a calling. It's a command. When you come to Jesus, this is what is commanded of us. It's what expect is expected of us. Now. We all have different callings. You're not all called a vocational ministry or vocational missionary or whatever. But We all have certain gifts, certain talents placed in certain places, but the one mission is the same. Make disciples. It can happen in your office. It can happen in the medical field. You could be an attorney. You could be a ball player. You could be a coach. You could be a mother that... that it makes disciples with her children. You can be a stay-at-home dad. You, wherever your world is, whatever, this is the command. The command is not to make money. The command is not to be successful. The command is not to have a great retirement. The command is not to get a great education, to have a safe family. Those are all wonderful things. God bless you. I hope those things happen. But they are subservient to the command. Make disciples. It's his plan. If you kind of catch a glimpse of this, we are his plan. How does he want to complete this mission? How does he want to fulfill this mission? With you and me, with this church. his church. We are plan A. We're plan B. We're plan C. We're all the plan. We're, it's all on us. It's up to us. And it's, our, it's not only our mission, it's our command to do this. And it calls for us to get out of the back row of the boat and to get up where the action is and that's where living really takes place or you can go through the routine the dull routine of the maintenance model of motion of religious activity that bores me to death (laughs) it's your choice here's the plan here's how the plan is 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 lived out First of all, he says, go. By our going, we make disciples. Going is introducing people to Jesus. Going is, uh, is sometimes riding the bull because it's a little dangerous. It's a little awkward. It's a little, uh, it's a little out there for a lot of us. In fact, the word that we used to use in a church is evangelism, and I won't even say that today because you're like, oh, what is that? So introducing people to Jesus. Here, here's what it means to me. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced of it because I'm a pastor. I'm convinced of it because I'm just a human and I, what have I experienced. Everybody's life is better off with Jesus. I just believe that. I don't care where you're at, what you're doing, what your circumstances, your life will be better off with Jesus. Certainly here on earth, definitely forever. Forever. In eternity, your life's just gonna be better. We do a uh, reengage at your sister church, McDowell Mountain. Um, Lori and I are involved with that and kind of heading that up. And we had a, 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 I had a lady come up to me. We we're just getting started, as you are, in, in a new semester. And, and she said, um, I, "I want to come to reengage, but I don't know if I can get my husband." I said, "Well, it helps to have your husband." <laughs> um, she goes well I, I just don't think i mean he won't go to church with me and i don't think he'll do this i said well well maybe he'll maybe he'll come if he, he goes well the, the thing is he's jewish and so you know he doesn't want to he doesn't want to come to church or anything like church i said well, just come you know we'll be nice to you we'll be nice to him and it, you know i'll be very sensitive and, and she goes well he doesn't want to hear anybody talk about jesus And I said, oh, man, well, you're invited. I would love for you guys to come. I I want more than anything for you guys to come. But let me just tell you, we're going to talk about Jesus. (laughs) I I don't know how to do this without Jesus. I mean, what what distinguishes Reengage from every other marriage tip thing you can go through is Jesus. Because every life is better with Jesus. Every marriage is better with Jesus. Every family is better with Jesus. It just is. It's not perfect, but it's better because you know who to turn to and you know who to have on your side and who walks with you. So go, introduce people to Jesus. When you get really convinced that people are better off with Jesus, it just becomes a natural thing. It's just natural. Baptize them. was the last week or two weeks ago that you had had water baptism, which I love that one to be here. I I heard about it after the fact, otherwise may have been here because I just I love to watch people baptized. And they're talking about, you know the, the burial and death and resurrection of Jesus and, and not only how they believe that, but how that they, they died to their sin and raised into to new life and buried all the whole life behind them. And, and then the church claps and is excited and the church is going, hey, we've all done that too. The church has done that for 2,000 years now. Yeah, welcome aboard. You're in the church. You're in the family. You're in the, in, in the people of God. And, and there's, this, there's this big thing where you're, you're not just going down and getting wet, but you're boom. Blasting yourself into this eternal family that will walk with you, that will be with you, that will stand with you, no matter the grief that you might face, no matter the hurdles that you might have, the obstacles, whatever your circumstance, you now have a family to go with. Yourself. And in that family, there's constant access of other people going, I know Jesus, you know Jesus. Hey, let's walk. You're baptized into this thing that all of a sudden you're established in the faith that you don't have to be a lone ranger in your faith. You are set down with people called God's people, God's body, God's church. Go, tell them about Jesus. Splash them in, <laughs> splash them into the, the establishment of the church and the faith, and then teach them, equip them with what they need to know to be a disciple. Teach them how to read the Bible. Teach them how to study the Bible. Teach them how to pray. Teach them what it means to 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 follow after Jesus teach them how to share their faith teach them what what the bible say what, what the old testament new testament teach them teach them teach what i love about mountain park is that that's not just an idea that's that's really the heartbeat of this whole church And I love to listen to, almost weekly, you're encouraged, hey, join Alpha, join a a group, join a community life group. And and you start to see all these things where Alpha, whether you're a brand new Christian, whether you're not even a Christian yet, whether you're an old time Christian, you start to be taught the the discipleship things of, of God, who God is and what he's all about. It used to be in the old days, when I first started pastoring, we would tell the people, I said these words. You already are, uh, you know too much already. Your obedience doesn't match your knowledge. You know know more than what you're doing. Let's get out and do it. Everybody was just sitting there, you know, hey, let's go to another Bible study, whatever. Well, mission accomplished. People no longer are out doing more than they know because they don't know anything about the Bible. We've become the most illiterate generation perhaps ever in the church. And I'm just telling you, Learn, teach, be taught, teach yourself, whatever it takes. And that discipleship thing, you go to marriage Mondays, you go to recovery group, whatever it takes as, as people are equipped to face life. And then the making, make disciples, the, the implicit word is multiplying. It's, it's not only um, you receiving from Jesus, but it's you multiplying. It's, it's you saying, what God does in me, I want to help God do in others. There's an old song we sing when, when I was younger. Um, Accept him with your whole heart and use your own two hands. With one, reach out to Jesus. And with the other, bring a friend. And that's what multiplying is all about. That you don't you're not going to go to heaven alone, that you're going to go hanging on to Jesus, but you're going to take somebody with you. Who will that be? Will it be your children? Will it be your spouse? Will it be a family member? Will it be a coworker? Will it be somebody you met in church or down the street or in the store and the rest? Take somebody with you because there's, there's something about multiplying that, that this whole discipleship thing is. It doesn't stop with you, but it continues on through you. There's two ways of looking at, at making disciples or multiplying disciples. You could be talking about addition, and addition is a good thing. Addition would grow a church unbelievably. For instance, it, it just in the two services of, of Mountain Park and several hundred, however many you have on, on each service, if, if we all decided we're going to put our heads together, we're going to work so hard so that, that there's, a, there's a new uh, believer every day, a new disciple starts every day of the year. So there's in one year time 365 new believers. It'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? It'd be awesome. In, in like a decade or a little bit more, 13 years or so, there'd be like there's like 14,000 that would be added to the church. Can you believe that? You think you get a little crowded in the parking lot now? 14,000 and that's a great way of growing. It'd be one of the fastest growing churches in the valley if we just did that. Multiplying, though, what I think Jesus had in mind was not addition, but multiplication. So that if just one of you, just one of you in this church, just one, decided to ride the bull, decided, I want the, I want the ultimate, and I'm going I'm to go and I'm going to make a disciple. I'm going to introduce somebody to Jesus. I'm going to get them baptized and into the church. And I'm going to help teach them. We're going to go through Alpha. We're going to, we're going to get his, their marriage all straight. And we're going to do whatever we need to do. And we're going to equip them. And I'm going, to, I'm going to, in turn, challenge that person after the year up to do the same thing. So that after one year, there's two. After two years, if both can do, do it again, there's four. Both do it again, there's what eight. In 13 years, you know how many people result of that multiplication like four billion. Four billion. now that breaks down because we're human so idealistic you're gonna oh boy who who would come up with a plan like that jesus <laughs> that's how he started it in acts the second chapter they saw how he discipled the 12 and how they started to the disciple pretty soon the Roman Empire was infiltrated with, with Christian, and, and I say that not because I'm not even sure that that can work. I don't, I don't know how realistic that is. But what I want you to do is to see the heartbeat of Jesus. I want you to see what God's, God's heartbeat is that in a world of 8 billion people, that yes, it can be reached if the church will be the church. Yes, it can be reached if we'll be on mission. Yes, it can be reached if we latch in to the heartbeat of Jesus that says, I don't want anyone to perish. I want everybody to come to me through repentance that all might believe, none perish, all believe. Numbers don't get caught up in the number person was Jesus. He loved everybody. Wouldn't it be great that this church could look down the road a decade from now and literally millions of people Become disciples because of us. Millions. Wouldn't that be great? It takes us latching into the the mission of Jesus by making and multiplying. So how do we do that? I mean, it sounds pretty daunting. Sounds impossible. That's where the presence of Christ comes in. Presence of Christ. Jesus says this, and surely, I will be with you till the end of the age. I don't know who Shirley was, but she had to be pretty excited. <laughs> surely, I'll be with you. Here's the promise. You get about the mission of, of, of Christ, and he'll be there for you. He'll work with you. He'll walk with you. His presence Fills you. I think. I think what is being said in here is, we we taste the presence of Christ and we we experience. It. I mean, today when DeAndre was was uh, was singing that last little bit, I don't know if he planned that or if that. Was, I mean, I am just getting, I got the little goosebumps coming all over. You know, it's like, whoa, the, the presence of Jesus is when he's singing the presence of Jesus. I'm just I wanted to start crying. The presence of Jesus is here. He was here and it was recognized. But I, I tell you what. You want to experience the presence of Jesus, you get on mission for Him, and He's there. He's working in you and with you, and He doesn't let go, and He keeps at it. And that presence not only comes into your life, it comes into the church. And the presence of Jesus infiltrates Mountain Park. And when the presence of Jesus is overflowing, in this church, it overflows into this neighborhood, and it overflows into this community, into the schools, and into the state. And before long, it's overflowing everywhere. And people start to look at Mountain Park, and they go, I'll tell you, there's a lot of good things about the But You walk in the doors, and the presence of Jesus is there. Why is the presence of Jesus there? Because the people are locked into the mission of Jesus. And he wins. He doesn't fail. That mission Will only succeed. It's guaranteed. So what do I do? Five quick things. How will I pray? How will I pray? If I if I want to be um, about the mission of Jesus, it ought to affect my prayer life. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayers are to to reflect what's up there, all the power, all the glory of Jesus, all the wonderful promises of Jesus. May that that manifest itself here on earth. May it happen through the mission, whether we're, we're feeding the hungry or we're helping cure injustices or we're just telling people about Jesus. May that happen here. God, please, in our time, in our day, do it today. What you did then, what you've done in the past, Do it now. I will not let up. I will not quit praying. My heart beats for what what your heart beats for. It will not stop. How's your prayer life? If it's thanking God for the food when you remember to or asking for a good night's sleep, you're missing the mission. God, come through and work in our lives. Make a difference in me. Make a difference in my family. Make a difference in my church. Make a difference in my world. How will I study? How will I study? Let it, let's not let it be said of us that we are ignorant of God's word. How How can I learn to read the Bible more? How can I study the Bible more? How can I learn to pray more? How can, how can I constantly be growing? How can I constantly be put in the... The word of God in my my heart, in my life. Because Paul says, don't don't be conformed to the world around you, but be transformed. How am I transformed? By the renewing of my mind, by putting God's word into my head, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul. Then all of a sudden we find out his will, and his will is good and pleasing and perfect. Would you like good, pleasing, and perfect will of God being done in your life? Get into his word and let it transform you. How will I give? We give out of faithfulness, we give out of stewardship, we give out of worship, give out of pushing forth the mission of God. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Where we put our treasure, we put it into the mission of God, given faithfully, sacrificially, generously. How will I go? Maybe I'll follow Greg Battle wherever he goes. Good luck in that. Go to Uganda, go to Mexico, go to Honduras, go to Lebanon. This church has so many arms of of opportunity to go to the world, and the world needs people like us to invest in them and to go. It might be you go to the children's ministry. There's where it's happening. Go to the go go work with middle schoolers. That if God doesn't get a hold of some of those kids in that early age is not going to in our world. Go to your own family, go to your children, go to somebody. How will I go? How will I mobilize? How will I mobilize? Who will I take with me? God, lay somebody on my heart. Lay some soul, some person. And let me love that person. And let me me show them Jesus. May they see my heart, may they see my interest. May they see my concern, may they see my passion and recognize it's the heartbeat of Jesus as well. And may I be able to introduce Jesus to them Baptize them, teach them, mobilize them. A number of decades ago, uh, Apple was going under, Apple Company. Steve Jobs decided he needed somebody to run the company, and so he flew from the Silicon Valley to Manhattan. Had an appointment with uh, John Scully, who was the head of PepsiCo Company. John knew why he was there. He wanted to recruit him, and so after a little bit of small talk, John goes, "Well, let me just tell you what it takes to get me. To get me, I'm I'm pretty well set here at Pepsi. A million dollars a year, a million dollar signing bonus, and a guaranteed million dollar severance. It's about what I make." (laughs) Stephen Jobs goes thinks about it and he goes, okay, Apple can do that. And he, he, he backs off a little bit, Scully backs up a little bit and he goes, uh, you know, let's make me a consultant. Let me be a consultant from far away. And finally, he writes that, that Steve Jobs said something to him that just rattled him to the inside as he was giving him that consideration to take the job or not. He says, you can spend the rest of your life making sugared water, or you can change the world. If you have an iPhone, guess which choice he made. You can spend the rest of your life in the dull routine of the monotonous motion of religious activity, or you can change the world if you're rooted in his mission, we can change the world. No, no, listen, we can change the world. You want to change the world? Let's change the world in our generation. We can change it. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what you do for us. May we help what he did for us happen in someone else's life as well. And may this church... Mountain Park, be the church you've called it to be, you're fashioning it to be, you've destined it to be. And may you look down upon this group of people with great pride and joy and a smile on your face, seeing that we are rooted in Christ, and we are rooted in the truth, and we are rooted in community, and we are rooted in the mission that you've given us. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Going to call the ushers forward. Time to give up on the screen is how you can give. Also, there's some some men and women that will be waiting on us. And while they're doing that, church news. So turn your attention to the screen. God bless you. So good to be with you today.
1: Hello, Mountain Park family and friends. If we haven't met yet, my name is Lori, and I serve as the operations pastor. Our mission here at Mountain Park is inviting people to realize their role in God's story, and our vision for you is to see you realize your role. Is today your first time visiting? Welcome, and thanks for spending part of your day worshiping with us. If you're on site, be sure to stop by the New Here, Start Here tent, where our amazing team would love the opportunity to officially welcome you, answer any questions you may have, and give you a gift. New here, but worshiping online? No problem at all. Simply text COMCARD to 77411. Bundle up and make plans to continue to enjoy the cooler weather at Family Fun Night this Friday, February 10th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. These monthly events always include food, fun, fellowship with Family Focus Movie. Go ahead and save the date. But we encourage you to register by visiting mountainpark.org forward slash events. Hey, men of Mountain Park, it's time to gather for another men's breakfast. You know what that means? Bacon, community, conversation. Make plans to be present this Saturday, February 11th at 8 a.m. We're excited to hear from Dr. John Michael, licensed professional counselor invite a friend and head over to mountainpark.org forward slash events to register. With the Super Bowl taking place here in Arizona next Sunday, that means it's Super Sunday here at Mountain Park. Make worshiping with us a part of your pregame plans. We invite you to rep your team. We'll have lawn games, a photo booth, and we'll kick off a new series within our rooted journal entitled Why Me? This exciting series will unlock how we can continue to be a Christ follower despite painful experiences. Great marriages don't just happen here at Mountain Park. We're all about helping marriages thrive. We're thrilled to be hosting the Art of Marriage Intensive provided by Family Life on Friday, February 23rd and Saturday, February 25th. You and your spouse can expect expert teaching, real life stories, humorous vignettes, and more to portray both the challenges and the beauty of God's design. With Valentine's Day next Tuesday, surprise your spouse with the perfect gift by registering for the Art of Marriage Intensive. The cost is only $59 per couple. That's a deal. To register, head over to mountainpark.org forward slash events. If you haven't purchased your rooted or life journals, be sure to stop by the white marble table today after service. As you exit today, our prayer team is available at the prayer stations located in the back of the auditorium and would love to pray for you. If you're online, simply text YES TO PRAYER to 77411 or let us know how we can pray for you in the chat. Prayer changes things. We can't wait to celebrate Super Sunday with you next weekend.